All right, it is 9.36. Joining me now, our good friend Barb Lampson, Master Gardener, Gardening with Barb. How are you doing, Barb? Hey, Karen, I'm just fine. I was out this morning early. I knew you would be. (laughs) You know, it's just, I can hardly wait to wake up in the morning so that I can get out. And you know that the sun is coming up at 6.15 a.m. now. I didn't notice that because I wasn't up. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would be. Yes, yes, exactly. I am so excited because things are growing here at home, but also things are starting to perk up at uh, the community garden where we garden up at Good Council, and I thought maybe we'd just talk a little bit about that. Well, there's a nice article in today's paper about tilling time. It says community gardens adjust to guidelines. So that specifically is about the School Sisters of Notre Dame where you garden up there. And so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about how things have changed and what's going on up there. Well, you know, of course, uh, we're all uh, instructed to follow best practices. We can be up there, but we have to wear a mask and we have to keep social distancing and wear gloves. And now Laura has installed on each one of the water spigots where we, you know, we carry our water from a spigot to the garden spot. But she's very concerned that uh, people handling the faucet and that, that uh, we should have a, uh, a spray there so that we could sterilize the knob. And <clears throat> so they're being very careful in the same way when you use tools and things. Because one thing that the uh, garden does provide to the people that are up there is uh, all the tools. So if you need a wheelbarrow or if you need a sh- any kind of a shovel or a rake or anything like that, you know, they have all those things. But you have to clean the handle after you use something, which is, you know, best practice. So <clears throat> it looks like it's going to be a good gardening year. The soil is really nice. Uh, we had a mild winter, and it's it's not hard and compacted. It's it's really really nice. As a matter of fact, I planted uh, 200 onion sets this week. 200? You know? Whoa, whoa! You you use all those? I planted a bunch, but I gave some away because I just thought, I don't know. What do you do with all those onions, Barb? Well, okay, so I plant 100 red and 100 yellow, and wow. this is you know this is what every gardener hopes for is that their kids will say, oh, mom, you know, that's so great. Could you grow some for me, too? I just love those. So my granddaughter said to me uh, when she was home here um, on a visit, she said, oh, grandma, you have such beautiful onions. And I said, well, we grow them, you know, take them home with you. So she took 30 yellow onions. And she said, you know what? I don't have a cool place to store onions, but these um, in my kitchen they don't sprout. They're so much better. So so she said, could I get some more again next year? And I said, well, of course. And my daughter said the same thing. So <coughs> if you start giving 30 here and 30 there, it doesn't take long and you've used up 200, you know? Yeah, well, I, I limit mine. And I also planted this year, I got my leeks and I put my leeks in. And I put some onions in, but I guess we don't use as many as you do. So, but, but yeah, those are things that I've got in. My peas are up very, very nicely, and my radishes, and my broccoli rob, and a few other things. And I actually got some transplants, uh, uh, so they're a little bigger because I don't plant a lot of of um, cauliflower. That I got the purple kind just to try something different. But I planted those because they're the cold season crops, and so those are things you can get in already. And I know it's it's still, I know you the, the peppers and tomatoes and things are out at the garden shops, but I'd still hold off on those a little while. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. The soil is uh, about 55 degrees right now, so it is warming up. But when we had wind these last, last couple of days, I'll tell you what, that wind, and it was just cool enough, that was not conducive to peppers or, no. or anything that loves, you know, 70-plus degrees. So I would hold off, too. Here's one thing. Dave was up at the garden, and we have to have fencing around our plots because we do have rabbits that get in. We're, um, you know, alongside of the woods there. And uh, and we use chicken wire fencing. And, you know, that gets old with age. It starts looking rusty. And, and so he took all of that out, and he fenced all 50 feet again. And we have to go around and say... We have to put uh, paths between our 10-foot garden plots, so it, it's more of a job than it would be if you could just, you know, circle it around with that. And previously, when I would get in and out of the garden, if I had my big rubber boots on, not that I was uh, that the soil was wet, but the grass would be wet when you worked around there, and so I'd wear those. I would get it caught. You know, I didn't realize I didn't have my foot all the way over the fence and almost fall. And so David put little gates in. So I can just open up the gate and walk into these plots, and that is so nice. You have to be careful when you're a gardener. Well, especially when you're getting older, too. I realize that, too. In fact, one of the best things I got... I got it for Christmas, I actually asked for it, was a uh, kneeling pad. You know, and normally I just have those ro- those thick pads that you kneel, throw them on the ground and you kneel on them so you don't hurt your knees. Well, this one happens to be one you can flip over so you can sit on it or you can put it so it's on the ground, but then it's got the, the metal bars that are otherwise the legs that you can help yourself to get up. So when it gets you get older, it's harder to get up. And so it's been the nicest thing. So when I want to sit, I can flip it over and sit on it. When I want to kneel, I flip it over and then I've got the handlebars to help me kind of get down and up again. So yeah, you just have to be careful. And sometimes when we get older, we, you know, maybe need a little assistance. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, it's prevention. You don't want to do something and then break a hip or a knee, or even strain a muscle, because while well, the gardening season here is so short anyway, if you did something like that, you'd be out for a whole season. So, so you you have to do these kinds of things. I have one of those little bench kneeling things too, and actually, I love it. I do it, too. Yeah, it it's great. So you know, you just get smarter as you go along, and and these things are designed by people that know what gardeners know. So. So that's really great. Well, my garden up there is looking great. My strawberries are looking great. And at home, oh my goodness, every single morning when I'm out, you know, taking uh, scouting, uh, I see different things that are starting to bloom. And that's that's really fun. I have a Veronica that I bought, um, uh, it would have been like two full seasons ago. So this would be the third summer that it's in my garden. And it's called uh, Georgia Blue, and it is a short, more of a, uh, a creeping type of plant, but very tight and compact, and the bumblebees love it, and, and, and that's, that's just starting to bloom now, which is really, really, I'm so excited about that. And the Lenten Roses, that's an interesting plant because the foliage stays green throughout the winter, mm-hmm. and then it blooms like early now. And they're and then, beautiful. You know, I've, I started three, and I've only got one that came back after 
three years the first couple of years nothing bloomed and then finally i got a bloom and now there's just one plant left i'm waiting for it to bloom but they are one of the earliest flowers to bloom uh in in the springtime garden and they, they don't mind shade which so which is why they're nice a nice plant to put in if you have shade so lenten roses are just gorgeous but they do have a short early springtime bloom yeah, they, they do. They look very, very fragile, and I have two of them that are blooming now. The third one is more of a shaded area, and that is not blooming, but that's okay, too. It's a plant that's worth growing, but it's, you have to be patient with it. If, if, yes. You know, the first couple of years, it really doesn't do much, nope. and just getting it through the winter is great. And what you have to do is, you when you put down your mulch in the fall, Tuck it under and around the plant. You know, make sure it's tucked around there because it is going to it's gonna need that here in our winters. But it but it is a zone four. So <clears throat> don't hesitate to do that. I mean, if you have to put more effort into it, it seems like when something blooms then you think, Wow, that's so amazing. Right. <laughs> and I've got a lot of blooms now. I've got the tulips and I've got the daffodils, the the uh, muscari, the crocus are pretty much done right now, but it's really fun. And muscari are also called the little baby grape hyacinths, those cute little ones. Yes. But yes. it's been really fun to see them. And, and it's I, if I'm out working in my yard, people will always comment, oh, I love your yellow flowers. And then I tell them, well, well, those are daffodils. And, oh, where did you get them? You know, and I have to explain that you plant those in the fall. So yeah. a lot of people, you know, want to go out and get them now. But in the fall, you know, buy yourself a big bag. You can buy big bags actually for fairly reasonable. And then you can... I mean, plant just tons of them in the fall, and you'll just be amazed and surprised when in the spring all of a sudden you got this beautiful carpet of yellow. And the deer don't eat the daffodils. That's why they are such an awesome plant. And the rabbits don't either. Right, exactly. Yes. Well, you know, and the muscari are the grape hyacinths. If you buy a bag of those, you may never have to buy any again because it doesn't take long. They multiply. They naturalize. Yeah, they naturalize, and they just they just keep spreading. Mm-hmm. And they're just such. They look so beautiful. That dark purple contrasted with the the yellow of the the uh, daffodils. Yeah. So you have to have um, more than just a few to make an impact, so that you can see it. You know, if you have yeah. ten or fifteen together, something like that, you've really got a nice impact. But I have in a couple of different places some that have to be dug now, and I've noticed too that I have more foliage than I have. Blue and that's a good indicator that they're overcrowded, that they need to be divided up. So just a nice plant. The other thing that's really nice in my garden right now are the the unhybridized tulips. These are the early ones before they started hybridizing them. Do they also call them wild tulips sometimes? I, I suppose I they think do. I've seen them in a magazine, yeah, and they're they're really short, close to the ground tulips. Right? Yes, yeah. And what I like about them is th- they don't break over; they don't bend down. So mm. if we get snow or if we have a lot of wind, it doesn't push them down. Now I noticed that the daffodils have been kind of uh, graduating and towards uh, uh, the double daffodils, and you know what? They when we get this wind and when we got that snow. They didn't die, but it did topple them over, and that's no fun. I, I push them up and try and get the stem to stay up, but after that, <laughs> they just don't do it. No, they, so they don't. I like these shorter plants. I think that uh, they may not have as much punch, but they certainly do. Uh, when you get up close and you have to go look at them, they look really, really great. And those, the wild ones or the native ones, um, uh, they come in yellow and they come in red, and uh, I think there's a, 
uh, a variety that looks more pink. Uh, very, very nice looking plant too. So <clears throat> the other thing that um, is starting, is just doing so well this year, and that's the columbine. And remember when we were little, maybe you went into the woods and you would see the columbine. That was, we used to have different names, but we used to call it a honeysuckle plant. We used to call it, yeah, the wild honeysuckle because they were the red with the little yellow on them. And then you could pull those little petal things off. And at the end, there was that little bulbous thing and you you chewed on that and it was sweet. So I think that's why I got the honey name. Yes, exactly. Well, we always thought that, uh, when I said we, my gardening friends, that the McKenna Columbine were just the best that you could get. And I, you know, I'd have those for a little while in my garden. They came in different colors, in yellow and in a pink and in a purple, and and they would die. And I just thought, I'm not going to raise these anymore. I've just, I've got the native ones, and I like them very much. They can get a bit um, weedy because they they will seed themselves, mm-hmm. so you have to get rid when they when they're done blooming. Don't let them go to seed, but they are really gorgeous. So <clears throat> I switched to a a new variety, which was highly recommended, and uh, that variety is called the Songbird series. And I ordered it from one of my catalogs, and I thought, well, okay, I'll just get one, and I got it in a purple, and I got that three summers ago and the first summer it came up and it was fine but it didn't bloom very well the next summer it came up and now it it's just really a wonderful plant i mean it's come into its own and so i think sometimes those old varieties sometimes they're good but if they didn't do so well in your garden um we have new things all the time that are being introduced that a lot of times they're better. They can be better. So uh, the, the Songbird series and the one I bought was, it's called uh, Bluebird. Very, very gorgeous blue color. One thing about the Columbine is they do not like the hot afternoon. Uh, it, so you should plant them so that they get sun, but they, they don't have, they're not standing in the hot sun all day long. <clears throat> and they'll, then they'll do really, really well. And plant them and leave them in place. Barb, <laughs> I think a, a lot of uh, people are thinking about their lawns right now because some people are talking about, and I have even had people in the neighborhood mowing their lawns already. And, you know, I want to say one thing about your mower, how important it is to keep it sharp. And uh, because I think uh, I used to be and never had it sharpened and just kept going on it. But that, that actually is hard on the grass and damages the damages the grass so we have a guy do it and he just comes he picks it up he sharpens it and he you know tunes it up and and then it's all done and and i think that really helps in terms of just making your lawn for a healthier lawn and preventing more diseases yeah i think uh with uh the lawns that we have here we 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 have big lots you know really compares to some people who live in the metropolitan area would have smaller lots so you need to have a lawnmower that's really going to uh, that you maintain and that's going to be um, 
doing a good job for you because that's an important part of of the whole design, the whole garden design. If you've got grass, you know, you need to keep it mowed and keep it looking healthy. You don't have to fertilize it all the time, however. Well, and that's the thing. I have seen a lot of the companies out with doing the fertilizer, and, and I know you can put some fertilizer on to make it green up quicker and make it look bright and green right away. But, you know, normally grass does take a little while to wake up. And so really... Before you just, and I know people aren't going to listen to this because they never do, but do a soil test to see if you really need to add anything to the lawn. I added some malorganite to mine, and that's a natural uh, Uh organic fertilizer uh, versus doing one that has the chemicals. And I have been so frustrated when I when I do walks around the park. Uh, the I don't know if they the city does it or they hire out, but I'll see the the fertilizer on the sidewalk. I'll see it you know, in the gutters by the, you know, and, and that's all going to go down in our water systems. And so if you are going to be doing that or you somebody comes to your house and, and puts fertilizer on and it's on the sidewalks or in the gutters, get sweep it up and, and don't sure. let it run in our water supplies because that's why we get all the green algaes and all that sort of thing blooming in there. Yes, and, and here in our area, um, you know, uh, our water tower, uh, our well is right down by the river, and so they're drawing water from below that. So you don't want all this stuff uh, getting into the water supply either. I noticed this morning when I was out on my driveway that the two maple trees that we have by the driveway, they have a lot of those brown seedling things those, uh, uh, that come off from the maple trees and they get on the cars and they get on the driveway. And I have a whole pile of them. Uh, with a maple tree, you have to be really diligent about cleaning up after them because they have this season and then they have those airplane-like seeds that come off and and you have to clean those off and and keep keep sweeping your driveway so that you don't let that stuff get into the stone sewer so there's there's several seasons i mean you can't stop um cleaning up after trees you have to you have to be diligent about that because like you say it ends up in the storm sewer and it goes down to the river, and that's not good. And I think this has been a banner year for those little maple uh, seedlings that are coming up. I've seen on the Hosta Society's page of people showing pictures of just tons and tons of the little seedlings popping up in their hostas, and I mean more than you can even see the hostas. So the the time <laughs> to pick those is is pick them up now so they don't get much for roots. Otherwise, you're gonna disturb right. your other plants and they're so easy to pull right now as well so i mean they are out there and they're pretty thick but i mean yes. you just have to like you said be diligent yes and when it starts piling up i mean that is terrible you know we we usually get in drifts we get we get uh snow but this year from these two trees that i've got they're making a small drift isn't <laughs> that you know they're just incredibly they had a mild winter they've had plenty of rain and they're really producing on high absolutely so yeah and and i have a lot of little elms baby elms that are must have been that just threw their seeds all over because in by, by the lake house i've just got too many you know what else was out at the lake house not down by the the, the lake but up on the the upper part so many gnats and bugs i couldn't i just was being driven crazy so i'm even thinking about getting one of those beekeepers hoods to protect my head because i can't stand them have did you ever get one of those kind of special you know, gnat hats I have that. And, and does it help 
Uh, yeah, it's perfect. As a matter of fact, uh, we used to go up to the Boundary Waters camping, and at night, as soon as the sun would go down, you would have flies and you'd have mosquitoes, and if you didn't have one of those nets uh, with the hat on it to go over your face, you had to go into your tent. I mean, you just couldn't be outside. It would be so bad. And so that's a good investment. You know, you just never, there's kind of a season to these gnat things. Uh, we'll have them for a while, and then they'll be gone again. But I think that's that's really a good idea because, you know, um, we just wait all winter long to get outside. And then if you get driven in because of that, that's, that's really not a good experience either. Right, and I, and I was going to do some more work out there, especially with the, the hillside. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to go out and get myself one of those beekeepers hats. Did you get a special one, though, um, or did you just, just get the beekeeper kind? Because I'm trying to decide what will be the best because there are different kinds of, of You know, uh, we got something because when you're, when you're up there, you know, you're in a canoe and you don't have a lot of space to carry things. And we got something that was soft-sided and you could fold it up and put it in your backpack. So, oh, okay. You know, uh, take a look at that. I mean, it depends on how you're going to use it. I think they probably will last forever, too. I can't imagine. Uh, it's a, a kind of a one-time investment, and then you don't have to worry about getting it again. You know, Karen, I was going to just say that um, at the uh, radio station, we have the windows where we put the plants in. And um, one of the things, plants that I had there was that, uh, mother-in-law's tongue or sensevaria and uh, you brought it by because it needed to be repotted and oh my goodness what a challenge to get that out of the, the uh, pottery pot. Well Barbara it had started to turn yellow here and I know that I've been watering but I think when a plant gets so root bound I mean there was no way for the water to even soak down through those packed roots so I'm not surprised that you're having trouble getting it out. <laughs> well it I I had to use a knife, and I couldn't use my hori hori knife because that was that's a a pot that the lip curled around and and toward the inside, mm-hmm. which you know that wasn't a good thing to let it get that big and then getting it out of that pot. But I just had to finally cut it out in in sections. Oh my! But you know what? I was able to keep the roots really intact, and I bet you I have at least uh, at least twenty plants out of that thing. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was just uh, it was just just solid roots. It was uh, I've never seen such a compacted plant. And yet it was growing. I mean, it was getting taller all the time. So It was, but also, like I said, the, 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 the leaves had started to turn yellow, which meant they probably needed some nutrients, even though I've been giving it some diluted fertilizer here at the station. Sure. So, But know, it's going to grow so well now that you have given it some room. I know. It's in my greenhouse. And, and uh, so, yes. Uh, but, you know, when a plant starts getting yellow like that, um, even if it's outside in your garden, it usually that's a sign that it needs nitrogen. You don't have to put in a lot of nitrogen because that's really for the the top growth. If you have like grass, you know you need it. But this sense of area that apparently needs more nitrogen because that's what it's doing. You very rarely get blooms on that or seeds on that. So that's what phosphorus does. But so uh, it it. It needed it needed nitrogen, so 
as soon as I let these roots get a little bit more established, then I'll I'll do a little fertilizing with that. I did plant that into um, a good um, potting mix. We're very, very lightweight, and I added some more sphagnum in besides, and that's got a time release in there. So that should be really well. It's in the greenhouse. I think it'll do really well, and I'm going to find some homes for all those additional plants. When hey, they get Barb, ready, so. it's it's May now, the 1st of May. Um, let's talk about, uh, and we're almost out of time here, but but people are going to go to the, the nurseries, et cetera, and going to buy potted plants or, you know, hanging sure. baskets or things. Can we put those outside yet? What do you recommend? You know, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I just would say most of these things are grown in... Uh, in greenhouses, if not all, and they're used to being warm. So if you were going to buy something and put it outside, then just put it on a warm day, you know, for an hour or two, and then bring it back out again. And not into the bright sun either, because you can scald them. So just, I think it's just acclimating, kind of like we get acclimated to new temperatures as well. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. It it just... uh, just think of the surroundings that it came from, and it may thrive. It may survive, but it won't thrive. It won't, it won't do as well. And, you know, we've always said this and told this to people before. You know, we go looking for a plant, and we want something that's got instant color and looks nice, right. just full of blooms. But you're much better off to get something that has few, if any, blooms on it, and, and let that... Um, develop after you get it after you get it planted outside. Or when you do get that one with a lot of blooms, I actually pinch all the blooms off so it will concentrate its growth on the roots, not on the top part, because you need those roots to develop strong. Yeah, yeah, that that is so true. And don't forget, um, it, you have to keep watering. Those pots are usually very, very small. If you take a look at the roots and it looks like it's kind of compacted, you could move it into the na- next size pot until you get ready to put it into the garden. You know, one of the things that you have to have if you're a gardener is you have to have potting soil and seed-starting soil around all the time. You do. Because you do find these things that that, uh, need your attention right away. And getting things, plants, into a newer pot, and it makes as much growth as possible before, um, before you put it out is a good idea. Okay, Barb, we are out of time, but happy gardening. I know that's what you'll be doing. I know that's what I'll be doing this weekend for certain. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Karen, and uh, happy gardening to all of our listeners. And happy May Day. Thanks, Barb. Thank you. Yep, bye-bye. Always great to talk with our friend Barb. It is two minutes past ten. You're listening to a Minnesota morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking. Well, let's look at a few of our news headlines this morning in the